Hi, I'm Lisa Piper, and I'm here with my good friend. Rick Hahn. And we're here for Pastors Connect. Welcome, brother. Good to be here. <laughs> we're going to talk to you, start talking to you just a, uh, about some freedom issues, actually. We came out of Freedom Friday Night with Living Waters, and I had an illustrated message. And I'm going to talk about this. See that? Some of you that had my last message, you probably recognize that. Now I'm using it for a different thing. Uh, back over 20 years ago, I was ministering in Louisville, and uh, my husband and I were in a band, and we were gone every weekend. And I woke up one morning, and before I could just get good and awake, the Lord showed me two things. Two pictures. He's very visual. And as I was just reading the book of Jonah, the last chapter, he got very visual with Jonah. I love that God is like that. Even when he, Jesus told parables, he's very visual. So the first thing he told me, he said, you're like a child's toy that's out of order. And you know those little toys that toddlers have? It's got like a, a yellow pole in the middle, and you put the big donut on the bottom, and then the little one, and then the yeah. little one's like Fisher that. Price toys. Yeah, yeah. They've got them now. They're really big. I need to get one for my illustrated messages. But anyway. You just want to play with it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll bring it on here. We can we can do that together. So uh, the Lord showed it to me, and all of the donuts were just discombobulated. They weren't right. And I was like, the Lord said I was like that. And I was first. I was like, I don't I don't really get that. But He gave me an understanding later is that all my priorities were out of sync and it wouldn't work. There was no flow to it. So when you have all those donuts, that cone causes that to flow. And the anointing that the Lord wanted to give to me, he couldn't because there were holes in there. The bottom, my foundation of God, I often would remove him and put myself in that place and try to put him on top, and there was no flow. Yeah. So that was the first thing he showed me. The second thing he showed me was this plumbing. And he said, you're all stopped up. Now, I had no idea that I was all stopped up. I thought I was quite awesome, <laughs> actually. And uh, it didn't look exactly like this, but he showed me just all this gunk. So I've got lint in here, fish rocks, a straw leaf. And I thought after I had gotten saved that, my, that I was clear, but the Lord began showing me he wanted to flow through me. He wanted to use me, but I was out of order. And then I had junk in the mix. So over the next several years, God starts showing me the things in my life that need to be gone. And one of the things, before I get you to tell a story you told me a while ago, um, that I discovered was oftentimes when the Lord begins dealing with us, it comes up. Like unforgiveness, suddenly you will realize you have unforgiveness towards someone, or yep. you owe an apology, or you mm -hmm. owe restitution, or you need to repent. It comes up. Also, if there is a, a demonization you can also feel that rise up. Yeah. And oftentimes in mystery, mystery, ministry, when people start feeling that rise, they'll shove it down. For one thing, the first time they dealt with it, they didn't want to deal with it. They shoved it. Right. And all that pain or all that bitterness, all that unforgiveness, all of that torment, it's still there. It's just hidden. Well, and there's always the times when people have tried to deal with it on their own and failed. Yeah. And they don't want to set themselves up for another failure. It's hard for people to believe. You told me one time when we were working on something, you said, Rick, your hopers broke. 
So some people, their hope is broken. They just don't know how to hope for better things. Yeah. And I met people that their give a flipper is broken. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or it needs to be broken. These are the deeply wrong... theological terms. That's what you're going to get with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we started talking Friday night about God allowing God to bring things up. And then when it comes up, not pushing it down, but allowing it to escape. Yes. So sometimes people will begin weeping. Sometimes they will take that and give that to God. If it's uh, demonization, like a spirit of fear, spirit of infirmity, then what you do is, as that comes up, it's just like, okay, I don't want this. I am letting this go. Loneliness, you're not my friend. Fear, you're not my friend. Go in Jesus' name. And then if you have problems letting that go, you may need to have someone link arms with you and command that to go, or whether it's uh, biblical counseling, just to be able to process and walk through something. But the good thing is, is once it starts coming up and you can deal with it. So for me, when God started showing me all the yuck in my life, I was like, okay. And some of the things, it took a while. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could tell you that I just began flowing like this the next day. It was there for me. Jesus had already provided it. But I, there were some tender areas I wasn't yet willing to let him put his finger on. Yeah. But eventually he did. Yes. There you go. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that for me, sometimes God will show me something that I need to change in my life, like that you got pride. You think you're better than other people. And one of the beauties of God shining a light is something is it's not like a flashlight, like he turns it on sometimes and turns it off other times. Once the light's on it, yeah. the light's on it. So now everywhere you walk around, you catch yourself. And now only difference is when that pride rises up, it's under the light now. Mm-hmm. So now you can see it and you're yeah. like, oh, I don't want to do that. Not again. And so now, but you don't stop having the situation because you're a human being, not a pinto bean. You start actually struggling a little bit with it, but you're in the fight now. Yeah. So now when yeah. it comes up, you go, oh, that's wrong. I got to change that. No, I'm not going to do that this time. Yeah. Or you catch yourself in the middle of it and mm-hmm. you go, uh, this is not good. And then you start moonwalking out of it going, I'm not going to do this <laughs> because you just now you know. And yeah. sometimes that's just all the strength you need is just to know. And that's why you need to surround yourself with wise people. I did not know I was a gossip until Dennis told me. Wow. Once he told me, I started, well, it took more than once. I remember I was saying, he said, Lisa, his first, I just don't want to talk about people. And I was like, I'm not talking about people. He's like, I, I can't hear that. And then again, I tried and then it hit me. I am talking about people. Once the light was on there, I started picking it up every time I was doing it. You're right with that. It just takes time. It just takes time and seeking because we don't realize it. There's so much that goes on spiritually that we don't really have a handle on because it doesn't mm-hmm. really approach our conscious thinking. It's just stuff God's doing deep down inside of us that we don't necessarily have a conscious thought about. Mm-hmm. Like one day I was praying about why does the church not see the gifts? Why? It was before I even was at the river. I was back in 2017. I remember January 2017. 
I was saying, Lord, why aren't all this stuff in the Bible in our lives? And and I was just frustrated, and I was looking at other people, and I was looking at structure of churches and religion, and I was saying, this can't be this way, and this can't. And I, and I fell asleep thinking about this stuff. And I woke up the next day, and my feet hit the floor, and the God said to me, almost as if he was in the room, he said, if you would talk to me as much as you talk about me, everything would change. And that was a revelation. That was a light on, because suddenly I realized the volume of our prayer is directly proportionate to our ability to receive and give mercy and to give people hope. Amen. They're tied. So in revival, here's what we see a lot. We see the Holy Spirit begin to move, and he will touch places, you know, of hurt or whatever. And then you can see folks starting to make a decision. And oftentimes he reveals it with instruction like, go to the altar, go be baptized, repent, forgive someone, go, whatever, whatever it is. And so you see him beginning to take and try to empty this out. And then that's when, folks, you have to do something. Holy Spirit's just not going to typically go and blow all that out. You got to say, okay, God, that right there, you can touch, you can, you can heal that. You can show me that. And the more you get free, the more you want to be free. So I want to give you this beautiful example of a woman that God just set free. For, I think, years she has said, I hope you're watching, my friend. She has said, I cannot hear God. And at first, she's like, he wants to fill everybody but me was the lie she was hearing. Well, eventually, she was filled with the Spirit, but she just could not hear God. And she kept trying to express to us, I cannot hear God. And she would say other things that were that just didn't line up, that we knew were lies, but she uh, she could not see this thing, right? Mm-hmm. But she's been aggressive at saying, okay, God, fix it. I want to hear you. Fix it. I want to I wanna be able to see what's going on. So she took the um, Set Yourself Free class with Amber, which we're going to have another one of those starting up soon. You've got to get in that class, even if you've already had it. Rick's been in there how many times? Five. I'll stop going when I go and I don't get anything out of it, Yeah, which has not happened yet. <laughs> yeah. So this woman, she's so aggressive at getting what God has, even though she's believing lies. And it finally happened that I saw, I mean, it, it had just all the lies, all the yuck was rising up and she was battling with it. And I heard a word of knowledge. I guess that's a gift. I'm not sure. And I heard I heard the Lord say, tell her my answer's always been yes. Amen. And when I said that, she said, in my head, I know that's true, but it doesn't feel true. Yep. It's like you have to decide who you believe. And so soon after that, we went out into service, and it was revival night. And I saw her. She was worshiping but struggling, and I could still see that turmoil, you know, coming up. And I texted her in church. And I said, listen, while you're worshiping, just give all that to God. She'd already broken a lie off with uh, Amber before that, and just give that to God. And so she's trying, Mm -hmm. and she's leaning in. Sometimes the lies are so loud. And um, so at the end of service, I, I don't know if she was tired. I said, listen, let's pray together and get this taken care of. So we go back into your closet office, yeah. and uh, we began to pray, and we just took authority. I said, whatever, she's forgiven, she's repented, all of the things she should do, I command 
this assignment against her to go. We prayed for just a little bit, and God set her free. And when I saw, I saw God do it, it was like, it was schism in the room, and suddenly it was like, yeah, peace in the room, and her eyes, and she was like, oh my, she got so excited. She said, I'm free, I'm free, and I'm like, Yes, it took out about three fourths of the of the plumbing, and then she got quiet. She was like, she wanted prayer for something else. She'd had a back injury and had back pain mm. uh, for many years, and this voice that before she never recognized it said, "You've already asked God for so much tonight. You don't have to do this." And she looked at me. And she said, "Wait a minute," for the first time. That's not the truth. Amen. She That's, recognized yeah, it. She, heard, she got unclogged. She, she knew it was a voice. It wasn't God. Yeah, yeah, and I said, hmm, it's really interesting that the enemy is so concerned about God's time. Yeah, really. Yeah, like, <laughs> so we prayed. She not only got set free, joy came in, gentleness came in, healed her back. Amen. I'm telling you what, God did such an incredible... I'm still so excited about it. I... I watched it happen. Well, then uh, a week later, God started moving again. And she said, I feel that in my chest. Now, some people would say, oh, well, you didn't get set free. No, there was just a little more in the plumbing. Yeah. And so we just we just took, commanded quickly. That left piece came into the room. Her eyes got big. Joy came in. And I'm telling you what, today... That girl can hear God, but not only can she hear God, she for the first time recognized the lies. And the one thing she said to me, she said, have I been believing these lies all this time? And I said, yes, yes, you have. <laughs> and later <laughs> she, said, uh, she said, I wish somebody would have just knocked me in the head and told yeah. me there were lies. And then she said, well, I, I talked with somebody today and... It didn't matter if I knocked him in the head; they wouldn't know it. Really, it's not a human effort that gets this unclogged. Although we partner with God, it is the miracle-working power of Jesus Christ that cleans up the past and that causes us to be vessels of honor. We are earthen vessels. We house His presence. We yeah. house His glory. And every time you go through ministry, where He cleans out, where He heals, He sets things into order. It is like tuning your ears to his presence. And then you keep letting him do that over and over again until you that he runs crystal clear through you. And that's when the gifts of the Spirit are in, are in such pure operation because people can be used in the gifts of the Spirit, and I believe sometimes that's how they get tainted yeah. is because they're coming through this clogged-up vessel. But I think the church is entering into a time of deliverance and healing and being set free and being made whole to the until the gifts of the Spirit can operate like God intended for them to. Well, Hebrews says, tells us, discerning both good and evil, having your senses exercised by reason of use. And when you get set free on one thing, you now know the process. Yeah. And it becomes something you can easily repeat. And more and more things, because once, because the problem is, there's this, usually when you come to deliverance, there's this 800-pound gorilla in the room. Yeah. Now, there's a bunch of stuff hiding behind him, but you can't see anything because of the 800-pound gorilla. 
Mm-hmm. And once you get deliverance and that 800-pound gorilla leaves the room, all his friends are still standing there. And you have to go, you have to go, oh, wait a minute. I didn't even know you guys were here. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. You, and you start going, you got to go, and you got to go, and you got to go. And mm-hmm. you wake up in the middle of the night going, that's got to go. Mm-hmm. I'm done with that. You know, mm-hmm. you just, because now you know you've got a little bit of water going through that pipe that was clogged up. And the Holy Spirit starts working through you, and you now know the process Uh where God can deliver you from something. And you don't have to. That's why I keep going back to the class. I went through deliverance with Lisa and the team, and I've been through several deliverance services, and the 800 pound gorilla got out of the room. But every time I go back for the class and we go through the book again, I could quote the book. The book's like, that's not even the point. The point is every time we get together in the name of the Lord and we seek. For God to deliver people, God shows me, and he's in the room, and I'm like, where were you hiding? But you've done it before, so now you can uh-huh. just go, oh, well, you're not staying, uh-huh. and you can get out of there. I remember when God showed me I was proud and I thought I was better than other people, and I'm talking to Lisa like Tuesday, we're in a prayer meeting, and I go, I go, I can't believe that I was doing that. I kind of, you know, man, you know I was doing that? And Lisa said, Rick, you're the only one who didn't know you were doing that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you said I'd be thanks. so embarrassed yeah. if people knew. And I was like, yeah, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. Too late. Anybody who knows you that has an ounce of spirituality knows this was happening. And I was like, oh, great. Now I'm going to be embarrassed when I'm around anybody. <laughs> <laughs> that'll work. That'll work to humble the pride. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But you know what? Then later I, I started to take that point of view of being better than somebody. I forget. There's two or three times it happened. Only difference is now I knew. Yes. Now mm-hmm. I knew. I saw it. It was in the light. Mm-hmm. I said, um, no, we're not going to mm-hmm. do that again. And we get rid of it. We can kick it out. For some reason, I want to I want to share one of my deliverance stories. Sure. I've told this before. Y'all, I, this these chairs in here are making me want to fall out. <laughs> Not in a godly way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, often on times I'm holding on during these uh, conversations. But so I, I've been set free in so many ways. I'm not ashamed of it. I don't think it's shameful to be uh, demonized or to be whatever you want to call it. But Tormented, tortured. Tormented, yeah. Afflicted, yeah. I do think it's a, a shame to keep it out of pride or whatever. Yeah. So I've really been aggressive in getting my tubes cleaned out and making sure that um, that I can hear from God. But uh, I had this issue for years here at the church where I had this allergy to wood. It was only like fresh wood, fresh cut wood. So any kind of construction done in the church, they'd have to let me know because if I smelled it, and I could, like if you got sawdust on you at home and you came here, I would smell that and just uh, couldn't breathe. Wow. It was horrible. And so sometimes they'd forget to tell me, and I would be in my office, they would be in the kitchen, and uh, it would hit me. If I was behind a truck that was carrying wood, that would happen. And so that was for years. I had no idea that was spiritual. And I don't care whether you believe me or not, but uh, as far as as there are sometimes people that's like, that couldn't be um, an infirmity or spiritual. I don't care what you think, but... 
that was a real thing that everyone knew here that I had. Well, someone in the testimony has nothing to fear from somebody with an argument. That's true. That's true. So I'm, I think, in Florida, and one of the reasons I love going to the beach, it's really a time for reflection for me. I'll ask God to do stuff in me. Then, because I'm quiet, I'm not going around busy and working, and I was laying in bed by myself, and I don't even think Dennis was there, and um, I began saying, God, if there's anything in me that you want to do, I welcome you to do that. If there's anything here that doesn't need to be, and you know, like that sudden awareness, I didn't expect for anything to be, and suddenly it was like my senses were heightened, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, he's about to do something. There you go. And so I'm laying there, and I begin to feel this thing in my chest, and I'm like, okay, God, you do it. Anything that doesn't glorify God, you go right now in Jesus' name. I didn't have anything in mind. Mm-hmm. And I laid there in expectancy. I felt like it was like 10 minutes. I don't know if it was or not. And suddenly, I'm just laying there worshiping the Lord. I'd already given the command uh, to the enemy to go, and I, I just went like this. That's it. Hmm. It felt like something popped out of my lungs. And I, I, I started laughing. I was like, what was that? What just happened? I didn't know. You didn't know yet. I huh? had no idea. I no. felt a little bit of peace. Well, I mean, I moved on. Didn't do anything. Well, a few weeks later or a time later, my mother and I were going to a conference in Dallas, and we were behind a wood truck. And I slowed down because I prepared myself to not be able to breathe. And I mean, while you're driving and can't breathe is a really bad thing. And then I smelled it, and I thought, all too late. But nothing happened. Wow. And I was like, what is going on? Well, maybe that's a different kind of wood. Yeah. So then we get to the conference, and they've got fresh cut wood outside. And I'm like, oh, no. But it must have been a different kind of wood because I never did anything. And then it occurs to me, something popped out of my lungs. No, it couldn't be that. So I said, we've got to go to Hobby Lobby. That's oh, now, now we're going to test it. <laughs> we're gonna, I'm always about freedom. We're going to test it. Here, saw this for me. <laughs> <laughs> when Debbie got set free from a fear of heights, fear of flying, I said, we're going to test that. We flew to, flew to Florida. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was proven. So anyway, in Hobby Lobby, they've got this area where there's cut wood, and it's like little cutouts and stuff. I always had to avoid that area. And so I march into Hobby Lobby, and I go into that area, and I'm like, <sighs> nothing happened. Amen. And even to this day, I mean, there's no, there's nothing. that I don't know if it's infirmity. I don't know what it was, but it left. Well, I told Kim McPeak, I, came, I said, Kim, you are not going to believe what I got set free from. She said, what? I said, you know, the smell of uh, fresh cut wood and how it would keep me from breathing? I got set free from that. I can breathe wood all day long. And she said, well, you didn't know that was spiritual? And I said, why, no, did you? She said, well, yeah. Every time it happened, you would you were stricken with fear and panic. There was fear all over you when that would happen because I couldn't breathe. Right. And I said, are you telling me that this whole time wow. you knew she said, I can't believe you didn't know. You're Lisa Piper. You know about these oh, kinds no. of things. Oh, no. <laughs> and oh, I said, no. I did not know. No. The great and powerful eyes didn't know. <laughs> What's going on here? So yeah, yeah. it's one of my treasures because I get so excited about that. And my ability to breathe after that 
But also it made me aware that we never get so big for our britches yeah, <laughs> that yeah. we can't learn, that we can't be set free, and that other people often can see what we don't see. Well, I had a pastor in the 90s, Pastor Pete, and I had migraines, and they always came at church times. Oh, They come other times too, but they were always very suspiciously <laughs> opportune to something that was supposed to happen spiritually. And so I was missing tons of church, and I was taking all kinds of drugs and everything for oh, these no. horrible migraines. And the pastor called me. And he said, Rick, I don't care if I have to send a bunch of men over there and pick your bed up and drag it into church and set it in the middle of everybody. He said, I know this is a spiritual matter. He said, and this is what I want you to do. I don't care if you come in your pajamas, your bathrobe. I don't care. You get someone to drive you to church when you have those headaches, and you sit there and tell devil, the devil to take a hike that this is not going to work. And the first time I did it, nothing happened. But the third, the fourth, the fifth time, suddenly... He just realized the gig is up. Uh-huh. And the thing is, is not only I had to listen by faith to somebody else in spiritual authority tell me to do that. I didn't believe it when I heard it. And I thought I was going to prove him wrong because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't believe it. But the point was he, he could see that it was a spiritual matter. Yeah. And, wow. and sometimes we can't see it for ourselves. If you struggle with understanding what deliverance is all about, and you're saying to yourself as a pastor, a minister, somebody who has acted and worked in ministry and has seen people saved in your lifetime in person, one-on-one, eyeball-to-eyeball, then let me give you this bit of information. If you've ever shared the gospel with somebody and watched their entire countenance and face change as they let Christ into their life, and you see that transformation right before your very eyes. Mm -hmm. Every time somebody gets set free, you see a transformation like that. That's why you know in the Holy Spirit when it happens. Yeah. And so if you struggle with understanding how this goes on, come to a deliverance service, come to yeah. a Freedom Friday, come to anything, come to our class and watch when it happens. You will recognize yes. when that happens because you've seen it before. It's just you're used to seeing it in the salvation process, mm-hmm. but you can see it again and again in many, many other ways God will move. Yeah. And, you know, there are Christians that are bound, bound with addictions, bound with gossip, bound with fear, bound with... Uh, uh, fears of abandonment, fears of rejection, all all kinds of things like that. Um, Sometimes they can't read the Bible without going to sleep. Every time a preacher preaches, they either go to sleep or they hear smart aleck remarks in their head. God never intended that for a believer. He intended us to be set free. And so any of that junk in there, Jesus already paid for it. We are just appropriating what he paid for today so that people can grab hold of it. Just like he he was wounded for us. By his stripes, we are healed. That doesn't mean that we never get sick, but be, we can appropriate what he provided when we do get sick. So if we're broken, if we need to be set free, if we have a bondage, we reach in and appropriate what he already provided, grab that, and then allow him to do that beautiful work. It's wonderful to watch. When Jesus died on the cross, Ephesians tells us he ascended into he descended into hell, he ascended into heaven, and then it said he gave good gifts unto men. You have to accept a gift. Yeah. God is not a god of forcing things. God is a free will god. You want the gift of God, you want to see things change in your life. The hardest 
the hurdle is get yourself out of the way and just accept something Mm -hmm. that God is more than willing to give you. Yeah, believe him over the lies that he doesn't want to do it. That's not scriptural. Don't get your hoper broke. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if your hoper is, but let me just pray for that. If your hoper is broken, you've given up hope of God to move or of things to change, I just ask the Lord to repair that hoper, heal all the reasons that that hoper was broken, and release into you life, release into you expectancy, release into you truth, and the fire of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love you. Thanks for joining.